Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting in this chair right here, sitting over there wearing a headset uh, so that her hands are free so she can work the controls of the show. She's making us sound good. She's the Dutch of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hello, that, Ashley. Hello. That is objectively true. What's up, Schley? How you doing? You done? <laughs> how was uh, how how would you rate Mal Pal's um, MCing on Saturday at the North Texas UAB game? It was fantastic. Yeah. If no, if you haven't seen my tweet, it's a short video because I didn't want to get copyright issues on the song. But Mal Pal does a sing and dance along with the North mm. Texas games. Ashley underscore pickle twelve. Go find that Mal Pal dancing video because it is choice. It is great. Very fantastic. Choice. Today a lot is of <laughs> today is Monday, September twentieth, twenty twenty one. Sixty six days till Thanksgiving. Only sixty six days to Thanksgiving. Now is the perfect time to start planning for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's not so early that you're a weirdo, but you also have plenty of time to get everything you need. Get your ducks in a row or your turkeys in a row. Thanksgiving, we're only 66 days. I see what you did there. Happy birthday to former Ranger great Ian Desmond. Episode 1244. On today's show, guys, big, 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 beefy show. We're going to um, overreact to the football weekend and Monday morning fallout. We're going to talk with the head coach, the 4-0 New Braunfels Unicorns, Coach Glenn Mangold, is going to join us. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of Unicorns football coming off of their big, thrilling win over Converse Judson. Key district one for them. Then we're going to unveil the Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Associated Press rankings for week four and a lot more stuff in between if you stay tuned to this here program. Do we have, have do we blah, blah, blah. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Rob Hadaway, Tanner Solis, and Brian Tenner. Welcome in, fellas. Howdy, 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 fellas. Good to see you. And lady fellas. I presume there's lady fellas in the comments, too. There. Is Warren in first four through yes. the Yes. Yeah. Well, you're here, and you're a lady fella. So. I am a lady fella. Hi, what's up? <laughs> Pickle? Hit the air. It's time for Money Morning Fallout. Money Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and a lot of overreacting to do. In all phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, coin flips, 
Gatorade stirring. Pre-game speeches. Blue drink. A lot to overreact to. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, history matters. Um, and I mean this twofold. I think that there is the idea that history matters, and there are, of course, matters of history. Let's talk first about the second, which is... <laughs> that was a lot of words. Game... <laughs> Let's take the second part first. <laughs> on, on Friday night uh, in, in DeSoto, um, Duncanville pulled away from DeSoto and beat uh, their district rival... Um, to get a critical District 11-6A opening win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, more importantly, and I think a lot of a lot of the, the headlines around this game were about the history that was made there. That mm-hmm. Reginald Samples, the head coach at Duncanville, uh, became the 13th Texas high school football coach to achieve 300 wins mm-hmm. uh, as a head coach. Um, 13. He's also the first black coach to ever do that. Um, a few words about Reginald Samples. The the three hundred win plateau, I I think on on Bally Sports Southwest on Friday night, I think I compared it to the three thousand hit club mm-hmm. in in um college or in in baseball. baseball. I don't think that's correct, and 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 I want to I want to retract that because I don't think that that's accurate. Because there's a fair amount of guys who have a grand total of three thousand hits. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those guys. I would say actually. In fact, I can look this up real quick. There are, yeah, I mean, there's 20, there's 30, more than 30. 32 guys have 3,000 hits, 32 yeah. players. Now, maybe, you know, in, in comparison, uh, as far as percentages are concerned, maybe that, that fits. But that, that, that's, that's, I think it, it may be the more accurate comparison would be something like 600 home runs, okay? Yeah. Only nine guys have 600 home runs. Yeah. Um, 300 wins is, is such a milestone of longevity and such a milestone of success. And with Reginald Samples, in many respects, I think that it's even more remarkable. One of the reasons that it's more remarkable is, of course, what we mentioned, that he's the first black coach to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think that, you know, if, if you talk with, with, with coaches of color across the state of Texas, uh, they will tell you that while while they have made strides in recent years, um, it's still it's still tough. Mm-hmm. It's still tough to break in and stay in in these to get to the types of jobs that you can win in. Um, it's harder for for coaches of color. The other thing about Reginald Samples is all three of his stops, whether it was Dallas Lincoln, whether it was Dallas Skyline, or it was Duncanville. All three of those programs were not built ready to go. No, not at all. Um, we had some stat about the number of 10... Like, he has more 10-win seasons than those three programs have without him combined. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it's, it's a remarkable testament to his ability to build a program and keep turn it into a winner and turn it into a success. And and I think that he, you know, I think that, that that the adulation and the and the respect that he has earned and the respect that he was getting on Friday night is well deserved, and and it's going to be look. I mean, the other thing about this, let me just throw this out there. I was thinking about this over the weekend. 
uh, it's not every day that uh, a coach reaches 300. In fact, it's only happened 13 times. Mm -hmm. We had one on Friday night. And by the way, it's probably not going to happen for a minute. No, right? There's a big gap. The after next this. guy, the next guy there, is Larry Hill. Larry Hill, the head coach at Smithson Valley. Uh, he is sitting at 280 right now. Mm -hmm. So he is a minimum. The earliest he could do it, I guess. Technically, if they were to go 16 and 0 this year, mm -hmm. they could do it next year. He's probably at least three years away. Right. Right. In my opinion, he's probably three years away from doing that. After that, at 250, I don't know how, what, what Brian's record right now, but Ross Rogers is at 256. Mm -hmm. And Tim Buchanan's at 255. Jason Herring's at 254. Right. It's going to be a minute before we see this. Mm -hmm. And so let's take a moment and, and relish in it. Relish in the history that we saw made on Friday night. Mm -hmm. The other side of that, I'm going to go from, from the south side of Dallas to the, the middle of Dallas, the, the heart of Dallas, the, or technically north of Dallas. And that is in, in Highland Park. And, and one of the results that I think really caught my eye on Friday night was Highland Park's win over Rockwall. Um, that was a game that I came out here and I said, I think not only is Highland Park an underdog, I thought Highland Park was a pretty considerable underdog oh, yeah. in that game. The way Rockwall was cooking. But as far as history is concerned, they you, you have to now recognize exactly how impressive it is that... Highland Park is so unbeatable at home, right? Mm -hmm. They are now, since 1998, and a, a shout-out to Miles Dunklin for this, um, this stat. Since 1998, they are now 113-2 mm -hmm. at Highlander Stadium. One wasn't even a loss to a Texas team. And one was at Pulaski Academy. The other one, the other Frisco, one I was at. <laughs> Frisco Lone Star 2017, yes, 18? 18. 18. This is as remarkable like, like that's a that that to me is such a remarkable statistic that they are so unbeatable at home that it's important to remember whenever we're taking into account the context of games that these types of magic places exist and these types of uh things that that go beyond the game plan beyond the x's and o's exist and so i think that that was something that that i thought about over the course of the weekend thought number two pair of uncomfortable conversations there were there were two performances this week in college football that I think warrant uncomfortable conversations um, and I don't I, I don't like I don't like talking about firing coaches in college football I don't there's, there's a lot of other podcasts that do because it gets clicks and it's 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 it's, it's interesting to them I don't I don't like it it I don't I don't I don't like the idea of somebody losing their job. It seems, I was going to say that it, uh, seems, it seems mean. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can. It's okay to talk about it, in my opinion, but you don't have to publicly root for it. Yeah, like, you know, there's people. To, the, they have families too. It's you know, it's, like they're humans. Yeah, <laughs> losing your job stinks. Yep. Uh, but I do think that we are now faced. We are now forced to face a pair of uncomfortable conversations. One of them's in San Marcos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't get beat by Incarnate Word like that. Incarnate Word beats Texas State. Um, in a game that uh, you can read a recap at texasfootball.com from our own Mike Craven, who was there. Um, and look, it is now pretty problematic for Texas State. 42-31, they lose at home. And this is a... This now drops Jake Spavadol to six and twenty-one in his third season at, at Texas State. And let's and, remember too that he, like almost every player on his team, 
they all came back. Like, there's well, a lot of super seniors and, there. And that's why, in a lot of ways, the context here is important. Mm-hmm. He has he has kind of shorted his team. Mm-hmm. And that's not the phrase I'm looking for. He has what he's done is he's really put a lot of the eggs in this year's basket or in the short term basket, and you saw that with not taking a high school kid in the 2021 class, mm-hmm. right? Which, by the way, has certainly ruffled some feathers among Texas high school football coaches. Um, you saw that with the transfer window. Get trying to get these guys in and not relying on you know trying trying to get a, a little bit I don't want to say cute but trying to do things in a different way. Mm-hmm. That's cool if it works. Yep. That's not cool if you're losing to Incarnate Word at home by double digits. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, I think it is fair to say that Jake Spavital is under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and that they've got to turn something around in a hurry. That's in San Marcos. Let's now go up to Denton. Um, North Texas loses to UAB 40-6 to in what I can only describe as a bloodbath. It, there um, was no, there was not a single positive in that game for North Texas. I a was, single positive. I, I, I told you this, I was looking through the advanced box score and seeing like, okay, like what went wrong? Because the, the regular box score is ugly, like just the basic box score. Mm-hmm. I want to look at the advanced analytics. The advanced analytics are somehow worse. Yes, okay? absolutely. This was, and, and, and the, the, the biggest problem for me is that the defense is still pretty bad. Right, they give up. UAP only threw the ball fifteen times. Four of them went for explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Four of fifteen. The other part of it is that the offense was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. They had what was the final total on yards? Two thirty-six. And by the way, this game got into garbage time at like halftime. Yeah, right. It was so thirty like, to nothing at half. Even the punting was terrible. <laughs> like special this, teams did this, nothing. This looked like a team in complete disarray. Yeah, and in the end, that does have to fall on the head coach, Seth Luttrell. And and I cannot help. But, and by the way, I cannot help but feel like he's going to be under some pressure. And by the way, their look schedule? at their schedule. Okay, Oof. they're one and two right now. Okay, they're one and two. Here's what they got next. This week, they're at Louisiana Tech, who very nearly beat SMU. Mm-hmm. Then they get a bye week. Then they're going to Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a loss, right? I mean, I'm not here to tell you that I think Missouri's anything special, but it's an SEC team. They're probably going to win that game. Then they come home and they play Marshall. They're mm-hmm. going to be underdogs in that game. By a lot. Then they come, and then, and then at home, they're going to play Liberty. Which and they're going to be big underdogs in that game. Okay, Deadly. There is a real... It is, it is likely right now, I would say. Mm-hmm. That they are going to be one and six. Yep. Things lighten up at that point. They get Rice. They get uh, UTEP. They get FIU, FIU. They get Southern yeah. Southern Miss. But for Seth Luttrell, whereas last year was a disappointment and the year before that was a disappointment, we are now suddenly building up a little bit of pressure there. And even even off the field too, it was astonishing at the lack of like any sort of look of effort in the those players on the sideline and that's where the big issue yep that's where the i mean the first after the first quarter it was like it was just dead the sideline was just dead and that just can't happen thought number three four and whoa uh don't look so proud of yourself so happy (laughs) look at me that was awful um there are there are a number of teams that i I think four and oh is a legit like non-fluky achievement. 
think when you get to four and zero, you're doing something right. Yeah. Now, certainly the schedules are are different, and and your mileage may vary. But if you're four and zero, things are. I think it's fair to say that things are are going pretty well, mm-hmm. right? There's a number of teams that I'm I'm particularly interested in uh, that are four and zero. We talked with one of them on on high school scoreboard live, Amarillo Paladero. Mm-hmm. They're at four zero. Eric Mems, Texas football today's own Eric Mems. Passing to Rayburn's four zero. San Antonio Harlandale's four zero. Maybanks four zero. Uh, Dilly, the Wolves are four zero. Um, Marion's four zero. There's a lot of really good school, uh, really good stories out there of teams that are four and zero, and I'm extremely interested to see where it goes from here, because look, a lot of these teams are probably going to go into bye weeks feeling really good, and I think it's worth celebrating what they've done at this point. Up to four, up four games, four wins, especially for these programs that haven't necessarily like look, um, who's four zero. Westlake's not even four now. Uh, I think Southlake Carroll's four now, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if anybody's necessarily really surprised, right? Right? But these programs, I think it's pretty impressive. There. Those three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to El Paso El Dorado running back Isaiah Rudison. Eighteen carries, uh, three hundred one yards, and four touchdowns for El Dorado in their win last week. Baylor's offensive line. Um, they were playing Kansas. They mm-hmm. did what they should do against Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought the offensive line played really well and showed some real signs of life and real signs of understanding what Jeff Grimes wants to do offensively. So a helmet sticker to the offensive line. And a helmet sticker off the board here to White Deer kicker <laughs> Christian Nunez Ozaguerra. Right? Yeah. Ozeguera. Christian Nunez yep. Ozaguerra. Okay? This got me so hyped. <laughs> Who, on Friday night, on the last play of the game... Which I believe ended up being uh, this ended up being a, a, like a walk off uh, field goal. Kicked a fifty three mm-hmm. yard field goal in six man football. Fifty three. That's a state record in six man football. Yes. Fifty three yards. There, I've talked to some six day coaches that there's no way that they oh, would no. say that they're they're no, kicked. No, 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 no. I remember in the state championship game last year, uh, Katie. Their kicker kicked a 49-yarder, and I'm like, whoa! Whoa, that kid's got a leg. 53 is insane for anybody. anybody 53 for a man. sophomore at the six-man six level? White Deer kicker Christian Nunez Ozaguerra. You get a helmet sticker. Uh, three teams to watch. Shiner, put it on Poth. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll give credit where it's due. Matt Step, Step. kind of called this. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think this is a poor matchup for Poth. And Shiner looked every bit the part of, you know, them and— I mean, look, it feels like it's going to be them and Refurio again in, in a regional semi, regional final, whenever they would meet. Never heard and, of that one. <laughs> and that's going to be awesome. But both those teams look great. Shiner looked great against both. UTSA, meep, meep. The Roadrunners looking very good. And that, by the way, that got, that got, that is, I think they won 27-13. Mm-hmm. That game was like 27 nothing. It like... Five minutes left or something like yep. that. Like Middle Tennessee put on a couple of cosmetic scores. Or, yeah. Uh, but they I believe UTSA is still covered. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, three teams watch UTSA. And Houston C.E. King. Yeah. Who put it on Huntsville. That They're, was that was surprising. Another team that's four and zero. That the, I I I don't think that this is like a surprise. That they're four and zero, but the way that they've done it, mm-hmm. to put it on Huntsville to body them like that, was awfully impressive. Keep it on Houston C. King. And three to see. It's a big week of college or a big week of football across the state of Texas. We have Gilmer and Carthage. The game's at Carthage, seven thirty p.m. Friday, seven o'clock, seven thirty p.m. I don't know when the kickoff in East Texas in Panola County, but Gilmer and Carthage, number one versus number two in four A Division two. I have a lot of thoughts that I'm going to share on Tep and Step about this game. Uh, many of them are like existential thoughts, so we'll have that. 
Dylan Carthage. 2.30 p.m. No, 3.30 p.m. No, 2.30. 2.30 p.m. at AT&T Stadium. It's Texas A&M and Arkansas. Um, first test, I think, for A&M against a team in their weight class, or at least getting to their weight class, with all due respect to Kent State, uh, New Mexico, and Colorado. They are clearly better than all three of those teams. Here's a team that they maybe are not as clearly better than, but they're still better than. And finally, uh, it's Mid-County Madness. Nederland and Port Natchez Groves going down Friday night. Going to be big doings down there in Port Natchez. That is three to see. Yes, ma'am? Gilmer Carthage is at 7.30. 7.30, thank you. 7.30 You're welcome. Friday night. That is three to see, and that is Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in a Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in, par- in partnership with Ozarka, is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your week four, gotta get this right. Week four, Ozarka, built fueled by nature, teams of the week. In 6A, Fort Bend Clements. Avery Clark ran for a pair of touchdowns, and the defense did the rest, holding Fort Bend Dulles in check as the Rangers improved to 4-0 for the first time since 2009 with a gutty 19-13 win over their district rival. In 5A, Highland Park facing off against an undefeated and state-ranked 6A squad in Rockwall. The Scots were unfaced, outgunning the Yellow Jackets to a 52-31 victory and proving to an astonishing 113-2 at Highlander Stadium since 1998. In 4A, Maybank, quarterback Bo Kilgore led the charge of a 423-yard rushing assault as the Panthers beat Canton 35-21, equaling last season's win total four through four weeks. In 3A, Taft, the Greyhounds, in a matchup of surprise unbeatens, the Greyhounds jumped out to a 19-0 lead in the first quarter and never looked back, moving to 4-0 with a resounding 35-7 win over Kennedy. In 2A, Itasca, the Wampus Cats are winners for the first time in nearly a calendar year, snapping a nine-game losing streak with a 24-6 upset win over Bartlett. In 1A, Calvert taking the field for the first time in 2021. The Trojans looked no worse for the wear, surging past Brian Allen Academy, 55-32. And in the private school ranks, Episcopal School of Dallas. Fueled by 190 total yards and four touchdowns from Patrick Burke, the Eagles outlasted fellow unbeaten Fort Worth Southwest Christian to improve to 4-0 with a 28-10 victory. So those are your Ozarka Fueled by Nature teams of the week. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. From Now On is a proud sponsor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and your school's one-stop shop for community connection. Simplify your athletic communications with From Now On. Their FanX platform gives schools at all levels of the game a one-stop shop mobile experience that makes driving communication, creating engagement, and generating revenue easy. From Now On helps connect your school community with everything they need to win on game day. Schedules, streams, digital tickets, real-time notifications, and more. Learn more by visiting their website at from-now-on.com or follow them on Twitter or Instagram at fromnowonexp. Pickle, from now on. Line. And let's bring in the head coach of the 4-0 and New Braunfels Unicorns. We're joined by Coach Glenn Mangle. Coach, how are you? Oh, you're doing good. How are you guys? Uh, how are things in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas? 
We are doing good. We're getting ready to prepare for Smith Valley this week. Uh, so we're, we're busy again. Yeah, but it's a good kind of busy because you guys are, are, are 4-0, trucking along, especially after last week, a, a, a really resounding uh, and, 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 and gutty win over Converse Judson on the road at Judson, 24-21. to um, I guess, I guess my first question was, you know, we saw the highlights, we saw the celebration after that game. Uh, just how big for you and and this team and this program do you think that was on Thursday night? Well, I, you know, I think the biggest thing was for us to be able to overcome some uh, some turnovers in the first half and uh, keep our momentum and uh, keep playing and keep competing uh, throughout the game and believing uh, that. You know, if we keep playing hard, that good things will happen. And, uh, you know, for the program and, you know, kind of get you over that hump where, you know, to get to the next level, you got to beat some, beat some people that nobody else thinks you got to beat. So, you know, they're one of those teams that we haven't beaten so far since we've been here. And we were fortunate enough to get the win on Thursday. You guys are able to go into to Rutledge Stadium and come away with a 24-21 win uh, on the strength of a uh, last-second Cade Wenzel 34-yard field goal. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I haven't dug into your kicking game all that much. When, when Cade Wenzel's lining up for that 34 yard field goal, what's going through your head? Well, actually it wasn't a whole lot of pressure because that, that was his first high school kick ever. Oh. So. <laughs> his first kick uh, ever? For first field goal. Yes. So, uh, uh, he was a kid that played football in middle school and then he, he was playing soccer and he was uh, gracious enough to come out and kick for us this year and you know he had a we knew he had a great leg and you know and you know all throughout preseason and uh, non-district and practice he's been kicking really well so we, we knew he had the leg uh, and all that and he was just very, very calm and kicked it through and you know I think you know he's played varsity soccer for a few years now so you know you know maybe the situation wasn't too big for him or as big as it might have been somebody else that hadn't been in those situations before yeah i mean yeah if you if you've, maybe he just doesn't know he's supposed to be nervous uh <laughs> yeah that, that could be the case exactly right but uh, a, a, a remarkable a remarkable win for you guys and and you guys uh are, are off to a four and oh start um it, you know it's it's been a minute since you guys were four and oh i'm interested in um you know if, if you if you Coming into the season, if you thought this was possible, if you felt like there was something special about this team, because right now it sure seems like uh, whatever you got, it, it's pretty special. Well, you know, I, coming into the season, I knew we had pretty good chemistry on the team, even though we were placing a bunch of players from the previous season. But uh, the chemistry with our kids, how they work together, how they uh, pull for each other, that was a, one really good sign uh, early on. Um, and then the way they compete uh, each game, you know, is the other, another good sign. And, you know, so far, you know, we've played pretty well, pretty mistake free most of the games. He's Glenn Mengold. He's the head coach of the New Braunfels Unicorns. Joining us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, all right, Coach, one of the guys that I definitely want to ask you about is, uh, I think has been key to your success, is is your senior signal caller, and Aiden Bauman, a guy who's, you know, completing nearly 75% of his passes, uh, you know, really taking care of the football, throwing for 13 touchdowns through the four, first four games. Uh, what is it about Aiden Bauman that, that sets him apart, that, that makes him special? 
Well, you know, I think obviously he's a good football player, and then also I think he's got a he's got football smarts. I would say uh, he get he gets football and get, he gets defenses online and uh, he's in that aspect he's he's done a great job getting us in and out of plays, uh, trying to get us in the best play possible. Um, you know what he sees on the other side of the ball makes sense to him where to, where to, where to get the ball. So uh, that, that's probably the biggest thing with him. And you know he's not a vocal leader, but he he, he you know demands respect from all of his players uh, on offense and they give it to him because they see how much preparation he puts into each game and how he's been playing. Uh, on the defensive side, you know, one of the things that, that strikes me, uh, you know, looking at film and, and watching what you guys have been doing, it seems like you guys are living in opponents' backfields. seems like you guys are getting great pressure up front. Uh, I believe you guys have seven sacks in the year, 22 tackles for loss. Um, it, it's been a remarkable start. Uh, what is working for you guys on the defensive side that has you out to this 4-0 start? Well, I think we're, we're fortunate enough to have three uh, guys up front that are pretty athletic. Uh, you know, they got they're good weight room guys, but they move well and they're very athletic. Where they, you know, they can get past some of the big offensive linemen. You know, we're not size wise, we're not as big as low lines that we see, obviously, but uh, athletically, they're quick enough to move and, and get certain spots uh, to get in the backfield and kind of disrupt things. Uh, and finally, Coach, we're talking with Glenn, Ma- Glenn Mangold of the New Braunfels Unicorns here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Uh, you know, the good thing is that things just really lighten up for you guys on the schedule. You know, basically, I mean, just like a week off, basically. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, let me look at this. Instead, you guys get unbeaten Smithson Valley uh, coming to town at Unicorn Stadium at, uh, at uh, this is 7 o'clock Thursday night. Um, I know, I know. obviously, you're coming off of a big win over, over another San Antonio perennial power in, in, in Judson. Uh, it's on to the next one. Don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at Smithson Valley, what do you what are you guys up against on Thursday? Oh, you know, just uh, execution. You know, and, you know, not giving anything uh, easy, uh, making them own everything like that. Uh, and you know, the games that we've had with them so far, you know, you know who makes the least amount of mistakes and uh, those types of things, and just. You know, it's our, you know, our execution and being physical uh, on both sides of the ball. He's Glenn Mangold. He's the head coach of those 4-0 New Braunfels Unicorns. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win last Thursday, and best of luck this week against Smithson Valley. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. There he goes. Glenn Mangold, head coach of the New Braunfels Unicorns. Join us from windy New Braunfels. Um, there and uh, appreciate his time. I mean, that, I think that really turned people's heads is when New Braunfels beat beat Judson. You know, he's been there. Uh, they, they've you know since he's been there, they have not been able to, to to beat them. And you know, he's been there. I think this is a season there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to get that win was was so huge. And to do it in the in, in the manner they did, I didn't realize that was their kid the kid's first he field says, goal attempt. Yeah, we ain't got no sure, pressure. Whatever. He's never done it before. Big What's kind of pressure? <laughs> What's the deal? Why don't I just bang it through? It seems like, like it's it's that simple, right? So it's a fancy extra point is what you're saying, hey, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was probably like, Coach, I've done penalty kicks. He ain't Wenzel, got nothing on this. Kate Wenzel, no no problems there. Uh, but <laughs> that was awesome. A remarkable win, and, and I'll tell you, you know, this is obviously another big test this week in Smithson Valley, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, look. I think New Braunfels is actually. I think they've set themselves up really well for a playoff spot. Um, if they can, certainly, if they can beat Smithson Valley this week, then they are driver's seat, and you start talking bigger things like district championships and stuff right. like that. But uh, 
awfully impressive what Glenn Mangold has, has helped build. Defense has been great. They've got really good balance of the offense. Uh, they're running the ball pretty well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time down there in New Braunfels. And by the way, I didn't even get to ask him about you know the week before they they beat um, they beat Canyon, which is that's the game you got to win. You gotta, oh, yeah, absolutely. You got to win you gotta, the crosstown rival. Yeah, you got to win. Oh God, what do they call it? Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm not sure about it's that. It's a good. One. It's a good rivalry name. I've been to it. Um, I was going to say you and Max went one year, right? It's the worst bowl. The worst. Yep. I, I was going to say the Kraut Bowl, but that's Munster and, and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And it's not the Polish Bowl, which is Poth and Fall City. <laughs> it's the worst bowl <laughs> in, uh, in New Braunfels and Canyon. Anyway, we appreciate uh, Coach Glenn Mangold hopping, hopping on with us. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. We're now officially, got an email from my boss while I was sitting here, we're now officially working on the recruiting edition. <laughs> so you can get that and a bunch <laughs> of online uh, stuff at TexasFootball.com. Greg Powers. <laughs> uh, TexasFootball.com, including your week five preview episode of Tep and Step, which will be recorded later today with Matthew Step and myself nerding out on high school football. So if you're Nerd. into that kind of thing, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Texas Bowl is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas every Monday. That's today. TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you voting at TexasFootball.com. You can't blame us. We just nominate them. I'm just real glad that we don't have to pick them. Uh, Voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Another boffo group of uh, okay. nominees. That's new to the new to the verbiage list. Your week four, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Corpus Christi Miller quarterback Jaden Brown goes 17 of 30 for 473 yards and eight touchdowns passing plus 23 yards rushing for Miller. Big game this week against Wake La Vega too. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. Style clash. Good. Katie Morton Ranch running back Santana Scott, 21 carries, 240 yards, four touchdowns rushing, two catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown receiving, and he had 148 total return yards, too. Lake Dallas quarterback Brendan Soresby, 11 of 14, 256 yards, three touchdowns passing, 153 yards, five touchdowns rushing. So that's eight total touchdowns for Lake Dallas quarterback Brendan Soresby. Similarly, Glen Rose quarterback Hudson White, do you see what they did to Grandview? Mm-hmm. Beat up on Grandview. They El- stomped on him. Uh, 11 of 15, 215 yards passing, 280 yards, and six touchdowns rushing. That'll get you a win, typically. Sure will. I had a coach flag me in the middle of the game on this one. <laughs> Liberty Ilo athlete Cal Jones had three interceptions, six tackles, two tackles for loss, a fumble recovery, 19 yards passing, nine yards rushing. He was four of four on PATs, and he averaged 45 yards punting. There is nothing that he didn't do. Yeah, he flagged me. He's like, by the way, he's got three picks. It's like the first half still. (laughs) Okay. And I don't want to tell you guys what to do with your vote. But holy cow. This might be the most insane stat line I've ever read. Mm -hmm. Okay. Belleville athlete Robert Briggs. Two catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Follow me? Okay, period. Two carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns rushing. You with me? Okay. 151 yards returning and a punt return touchdown. And he had four tackles and a tackle for loss. So I just want to be clear that on offense, he touched the ball four times and all of them went for touchdowns. (laughs) 
He did. I don't think. I don't think he got tackled. I guess theoretically he had a he had a punt return touchdown and 151 year return yards. He theoretically got tackled on another one of those. Uh huh. That is. I read that they've and I was like, a, that is certainly wrong. Like he meant 12 carries, right? Like no two. They've got to call him like automatic or something My from God. here on out. Like that's touch, he is touchdown play. Why don't you? Well, yeah, call <laughs> he the, is touchdown call play. Call the Robert Briggs play. <laughs> uh, Canatillo running back and defensive back LJ Mann, 208 yards and three touchdowns rushing. He had a 76-yard TD catch. He had two tackles and a pick defensively. Canatillo running back and defensive back LJ Martin. Stephenville wide receiver Coy Eakin. This might be the second time he's been on this list. 12 yes. catches, 285 yards and three touchdowns receiving for Coy Eakin. Similarly, Childress wide receiver Lamont Nickelberry, <laughs> nine catches, 220 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. Sure. <laughs> Kid's just going off. Finally, El Dorado quarterback Corvin Covarubias, one of my favorite players. 166 yards, three touchdowns passing, 128 yards, five touchdowns rushing. He had two rushing two-point conversions and three passing two-point conversions and also had five tackles. It's always cool when kids with cool names just decided to pop off for us. Well, <laughs> he had a brother named, I think, Kevin, Kevin Covarubias. Mm-hmm. And so this is the younger brother, Corbin, and he's really good too. Those are your week four Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote early, vote often, vote now at texasfootball.com. All right, Pickle. One last thing to do today, and that is to roll out. Rankings season. It's rankings season here on texasfootball.com because DC Dave Campbell's Texas Football is ready to unveil its Week 5 statewide Texas high school football rankings for the 2021 season. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. All right, Pickle. Got a lot of rankings to get to. Let's start in Class 6A. In Class 6A, as I pull up my document here, you're going to notice a lot of chalk up at the very top, though, mm-hmm. um, with Westlake uh, there as well as Katie, Southlake Carroll, all the same. Then Geyer's uh, leapfrogs uh, uh, up a spot to number four with their big win over Umbel Atascacita. Duncanville up two spots with their win over Dunk, uh, DeSoto. We don't penalize Atascacita too much. We drop them from number four to number six. Katie Tompkins and Rockwell Heath each up a spot. Spring Westfield, by virtue of being idle, gets into the top ten. Good for them. Galena Park North Shore back into the top ten at number ten. Uh, elsewhere, Rockwall drops from number six to number twelve with their loss to Highland Park. Arlington and Martin drops from number eleven to number sixteen with their loss to Southlake Carroll. New to the rankings at the very bottom, number twenty-four, Austin Vandegrift. We heard you. Mm-hmm. How about them Vipers? Uh, Vandegrift into the rankings at number twenty-four and into the rankings at number twenty-five, the Houston CE King Panthers, who are four and zero with a forty-nine to six win over Huntsville. They are new to the rankings. Over to five A we go. Pickle we'll start up five A Division One, where same 10 teams, a little bit of change. Highland Park, by virtue of their win over Rockwall, leapfrogs Manville for the number three spot. So now the top three reads Denton, Ryan, College Station, Highland Park, followed by the aforementioned Manville. The rest, chalk. Good job, everybody. Keep it up. Make my job easier. <laughs> 5A Division Two had no such luck. Absolute chaos. Absolute <laughs> calamity in, its, in, in, in 6A or 5A Division Two. Top three are the same. Alito, Fort Bend, Marshall, Lucas, Lovejoy. Ennis jumps up to number four. Lubbock Cooper jumps up to number five. Bernie Champion jumps up from 10 to six. 
Huntsville drops from four to number eight. A&M Consolidated has bounced from the rankings at number five with their loss to Willis. Liberty Hill has bounced with their loss to LBJ. We have three new members of the rankings. Number seven, South Oak Cliff back into the rankings with their big win over Dallas Hillcrest. New to the rankings, I believe the first time. Number nine, Wichita Falls Rider, 4-0. and uh, Their win over Odessa gets them into the rankings of the number nine spot. And number 10, Nederland, mm-hmm. by virtue of being idle. Good for them. Into the, into the top 10 at number 10. Do it again. 5A Division 2 was the toughest one for us to do oh, this yeah. week. 4A Division 1 now. 4A Division 1, mostly chalky. Uh, one, one, two, three, all the same. Uh, all the same, rather. Waco La Vega uh, stays the same at number 7 uh, with their narrow loss to Argyle. They, they remain number 7 in the rankings. Uh, we still believe in them, but uh, Argyle, I think, really solidifies themselves as the number 1 team. Back into the rankings, Corpus Christi Miller, their big win over Brownsville Hannah gets them back into the rankings. 4A Division 2 now, where... A little bit, a little bit more chalk here, uh, but uh, Quero drops from number seven to number nine and into the rankings. Number eight, Geronimo Navarro, who beat Quero, very impressive win. They jump up to number eight. Wimberley, uh, by virtue of uh, needing a, needing a place to put uh, Geronimo Navarro, they are number. Uh, they drop to number ten. Uh, Van, their big win over Pittsburgh, vaults them from number nine to number seven. So a little bit of shuffling, but one through five still the same. Carthage, Gilmer, Salina, West Orange, and China Spring. Over to 3A, Pickle. 3A Division 1. Gladewater's loss to Kilgore drops them out of the rankings at number 5. Everyone else kind of moves up a spot. Hallettsville, Vanderbilt Industrial, Yoakum, and Mount Vernon, uh, plus West all up a spot by virtue. Grandview's interesting. So Grandview gets blown out by Glen Rose. Mm-hmm. We drop them from number 4 to number 10. This is a... I don't want to say like a like chance a, to save like yourself. A, yeah, type of I, thing. yeah. <laughs> uh, we were kind of look, talking about it, and we we're like, we still think they're one of the top ten teams. We'll give them a stay of execution, so to speak. Grandview's number ten in the rankings, but new to the rankings, number nine, the Columbus Cardinals back into the rankings at number nine with a forty to twenty one win over Edna. Over in three A Division two. Uh, entirely, for the most part, pretty chalky. Newton drops from number three to number five with their loss to West Orange Stark. Uh, Childress and Holiday are the beneficiaries there. They bump up a, a spot each. Wascom, West Rusk, Canadian, and Abernathy are six through nine. Poth is out of the rankings with their loss to Shiner. And in their place, 4-0 Idaloo in yeah. the 3A Division Two rankings at number 10 with a win over Littlefield. Bounce 2A pickle. In 2A... Uh, I hope you like chalk. Yeah. Mason loses to Wall 20 to 14. That drops them from number six to number eight. Cisco loses to Jim Ned. Uh, we but we kept them at number five. That's a three A Division one team, and they lost by tw- twenty eight to fourteen. We think that's good enough to keep them there at number five. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else relatively the same. Uh, with your top ten: Refugio, Shiner, Timpson, Crawford, Cisco, New Deal, Holly, Mason, Beckville, and Forsan, who beat McCamey, by the way. Don't sleep on that one. Yeah. Two A Division two, a little bit, a little bit more. Up in the air. Mart, Winthorpe, Munster, Albany, Wellington, Stratford, top six, all the same. Fall City up a spot to number seven. El Dorado, big win over Wink, 72-38. I believe in those those fighting Cova Rubias. They're heating up They're up there. two spots to number 10. Vega loses to Spearman, 21-6. We drop them a spot. Another one of those games where it's a team that's bigger than them, so we don't want to hold it too much against them. But the, we did get a spot open up uh, with as Burton slides into the top 10 at number 9 despite being idle. To the six-man ranks we go, where mostly chalky, 
Mm-hmm. A little bit of change. Westbrook loses to Water Valley. I think that says a lot more about Water Valley than it does about Westbrook. We drop Westbrook to number nine. Water Valley uh, is up uh, three spots to number five with their win over Westbrook. Um, Jonesboro up a spot with a 45 nothing win over Blum. Uh, elsewhere, Happy up a spot to uh, to number eight. Lakey drops out of the rankings, getting uh, blown out by Rankin into their place. Another team that was idle, just kind of waiting. Yeah. Roby, number 10 in the rankings this week. Only Division 2. Uh, another another thing where it's mostly chalk. In fact, 1 through 9 entirely chalk. Motley County, Strong, Richland Springs, Calvert, Balmeray, Follett, Klondike, Jayton, and Anton. Uh, those first eight were all winners. The ninth, Anton, was idle. Oakwood drops out with their loss to Coolidge. Uh, and in their place... The 3-0 Throckmorton. They are into the rankings at number 10 with a win over Blackwell. Over to the private school ranks where we had complete chaos. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Dallas Christian is out after losing to Addison Trinity Christian by 20. Uh, into their, uh, also out is Midland Christian, who loses to Fort Worth Nolan by 20. So we had to do a little bit of shuffling. Number one's the same on Austin Regents. They were idle. Up two spots to number four is, or to number two is Houston Kincaid with a blowout win over Katie St. John the 23rd. Dallas Parish Episcopal stays the same at number three. New to the rankings, 4-0 Grapevine Faith Christian. They beat Nevada Community. And then Fort Worth Nolan. Despite having two losses, two really good losses, I believe it's Argyle and then it's a team from out of state, mm-hmm. like Santa Margarita, California, I want to say. Anyway, they're back up to num- into the rankings at number five. Fort Worth Nolan back in the rankings. And the private school six-man ranks, a little, still a little bit of change. The big matchup here, Austin Veritas beats Texas School for the Deaf, 84-58. to 58. Uh, We dropped Texas School for the Deaf two spots from three to five, but I still think that's one of the five best teams at the private school ranks. Um, so the top five are the same, just a little bit of shuffling. Bill Verde, Bracken, Christian moves up a spot. They beat San Antonio Jubilee. Marble Falls Faith, Idol, they are up a spot. There they are, the week five. Five. Thank you. Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football Associated Press, Texas High School Football Rankings. You can find those on texasfootball.com slash rankings. Direct your complaints to at Ashley underscore Pickle 12 on Twitter. And with that, let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, this was an interesting comment, and it wasn't anything bad. I just I wonder, can you put kind of an explanation as to why? We know that Denton Geyer has been on an absolute heater. Mm-hmm. But they're still ranked fourth, mm-hmm. and you want to give a reason for that? Yeah, because um, that's what we think. So I was thinking, uh, say, so, like so, past so weight. No, 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 and that's fair. Because here's the thing. I thought it was a super we're fair a, question. We're in a we're in a weird spot, right? Mm-hmm. We're in a weird spot where um, rankings and predictive are, are not necessarily predictive. If what I mean, what what I mean to say is, because we have to. Base, we have to balance things based on how good we think teams are mm-hmm. and also what their resume is. Right. Because they have uneven resumes, right? Um, Denton Geyer of the top, let's just take the top five teams. Mm-hmm. Top five teams. Westlake, Katie, Geyer, or Ka- Carol, Geyer, and, and Duncanville. Mm-hmm. I think of the five teams, Geyer's got the best Resume. resume, yes. What they've got with the wins over Ryan and now the win over Tascacita. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best resume. Yes. Would I take Geyer head-to-head against Carroll? I think it's a coin flip type game, which mm-hmm. is why they're three and four. Would I take Geyer head-to-head against Westlake? Right now, no. No. I wouldn't. I don't think I would um, do it with Katie either. The other thing is like with Katie, so Katie's an interesting team. 
because the last two weeks they've kind of played with fire a little bit. Yep. They've had narrow wins. Uh, this past week they beat the Woodlands uh, 31-14. Um, but at the same time, I don't know that they've necessarily done anything to warrant dropping, dropping down. Yeah. So it's one of those things with Geyer, right? They move from number five to number. They move up a spot to number four. Mm-hmm. There's there gets to a point where there's like a pretty firm ceiling, mm-hmm. and until a team. It shows us why shows they have us to us drop that they down. don't deserve to be in the top three. It's really hard to drop a team. It, it, you can, but then it kind of it, you kind of get questions of like, well, what did why? what did South yeah. like? Like, okay, let's just say you want to make them number three. Mm-hmm. South Lake Carroll beat Arlington Martin thirty-one-seven this week, and Martin had been rolling prior to this. Carroll's also got a win over Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Carroll's got a good resume, right? Right. There's really not a whole lot that you can do. There, there's there's kind of a point, especially once you get up near the really top, the top five, the mm-hmm. top four, the top three, you're kind of at the mercy of other teams fading at that point. Mm-hmm. That you know, for a, now now look, here's the thing: if Geyer goes ten and zero and they beat Allen, right? You know, the the conversations that we have doing the rankings will get tougher. Yes, absolutely. they will get tougher. But I think at this point, like there is just kind of a hard ceiling. The best we can do for now. Mm-hmm. Kind of balancing that resume versus predictive it's, nature yep. of it, of and it it's, is is to is to just kind of you know move them up, show that we recognize what they're doing, mm-hmm. but also say, look, I think that right now the top three Westlake, Carroll, and Kate or Kate and Carroll started the year number th- top three. I don't think they've done anything, anything to to, to warn down. us off of them being three best teams in the state. Mm-hmm. You know, your mileage I think may vary. I think that this is just a prime example, too, that really shows like how much thought process goes into the preseason rankings that we put in the magazine. Yeah. And it's because that literally sets us up for how we look at the rankings sure. the rest of the year. So like, I feel like it's easy to say, oh, yeah, the magazine comes out in June or July, and it's easy to just kind of forget about it. But really, that's the foundation of where that, that moves is... the whole time. Yeah. And, and you know, again – Awfully impressed by Geyer. Oh, Awfully yeah, Awfully impressed by Geyer. And there's, I guess I should just say, like, there's there's no need to turn your nose up at being the number four team in the state in 6A. Right. And especially, by the way, you look at the top, top seven, I think, they would be the only team that, that we are, that we're projecting right now to go Division Two. Katie could go D1 or D2. Yeah. Westlake could technically go D1 or D2. But It's I think all what that, happens in Austin. Exactly right. <laughs> so, look, I think that, I think that, there's just kind of a you get to the point where there's a bit of a ceiling and you're kind of at the mercy of the teams ahead of you mm-hmm. to show some weakness before you're before you can really right. jump those spots. Yeah. In my opinion, that's the way I do rankings. There's other people who every week they rip everything they up, up and yeah, and they go. I be, whenever we do our rankings, we base it off of, or at least my my way of going about it is I start with what we what we had last week. I go through, I fill out the results, and then I kind of maneuver Mover. them. From yeah, no, and no one was mad use, about the guy ranking. It I was use, just, no, no, I thought sure, it was it's, super it's interesting. Question, it's, it's, we, we have to, to in my peel opinion, back the curtain. I think it's important to use the past week as the precedent and yes. start from there. That's I agree. the new foundation. So there you go. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to New Braunfels coach Glenn Mangold for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your player of the year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.